episode three of Raising the Bar. You sure it's episode three, not episode two? <laughs> I haven't had that much to drink. Oh, I'm only on my first drink of, what do I call it? Springwater Kirkland Signature. Episode three, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jason. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be giving you one of our first top 10 topics, one of our new segments. Yeah, so we decided that we would show you guys a bit about us and show some big topics really and then decide what our top 10s from that topic would be. And this week we've decided... Drum roll. That is going to be the top 10 80s films. Acceptable in the 80s we're going to be calling this episode, <laughs> even though... A lot of things were not acceptable in the 80s. There were a lot, a lot of good films in the 80s. Yes, and one of those things that wasn't acceptable in the 80s was fashion. But this week <laughs> we are going to be focusing on films. So it is only our opinion, our top 10 80s films that we enjoyed. We did allude to it last week, talking about films we enjoyed when we were younger. But this week we're going to be listing them. Absolutely. So we're really excited. We've got all of our lists written down. We are going to stress also at this point, I don't know what Jason's top 10 are. And I don't know what Aaron's is. We've refrained from it. We've said, no, don't want to know until we're recording it. Honestly, I've been texting him this week saying, oh, you know, I'm excited to do the top 10s. I've been filling mine out. I'll put it this way. My top 10 film started at 23. And, before, and <laughs> it's taken me a long time to get it down to about 10-ish. And... I've been telling Jason I'm struggling to get it down there, but us, we were like, no, no, I'm not going to tell you what it is. We're just going to find out what each other's are. So the reactions of what they are are just as live as you guys find out, because I don't know what's on his list. I'm guessing some of the same ones as me, but I don't think there will be. Yeah, he's given a few that he sort of said, that's definitely going to be on your list. And I've gone, ah, oh, crap, he knows one. Exactly. But really? <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to keep it as mysterious as possible. But yeah, we... Um, for me, I know you said you got yours 23, but for me, it really was. I thought, oh, one to five. Yep, know it. Off the top of my head, know it. After that, it was, okay, yeah, I think I can get that. But the number 10, it took me about two days to finalise my number 10. I really couldn't figure it out. I thought, I can't leave this out. I can't leave that out. And I realised finally, you know what? I'm just going to put it in. You know, this one in. It's funny, actually. I've just seen, I can't read it because his handwriting's so bad, but I've just seen his notepad and I can see his number 10 is just a... a correlation of scribbling out <laughs> so i don't know what it is but i guess it's a lot of scribbling out so we're trying to work out actually how to present it so i don't know if you want me to read out what my number 10 is so what we're going to do is we're just going to go back and forth we're just going to go through our 10 so you're going to go 10 yep. then me we'll keep going down and then we'll recap our lists and then we'll reveal our number ones that's a good idea i like that so do you want me to go with what my number 10 is first yep have the floor Right. Number 10. right, so my number 10 film of the 1980s is Coming to America, which oh. actually one of our followers, um, Alicia, has said is one of her favourite films of the 80s, but it is a brilliant, brilliant film. To give you a small background of what it is, if you haven't seen it, just so you do also know, it was terribly remade recently. It was just a sort of greatest hits tribute however there was a very funny part the first 15 minutes are brilliant the rest of it was terrible um but the, the original film is excellent it's basically about eddie murphy in his prime in the 80s um and he is the prince of um a country called zamunda and he goes he goes to america with his servant to learn a bit about america because he wants to go there and learn a bit about the culture there because he says he wants to go to america 
Um, and it is a, it's, I'll make it sound not that good, but it is a very, very that's funny a film. McDonald's where he works. Oh, yeah, that? I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot what they called it because it wasn't called McDonald's in the film, was it? No. It was called something else, but it was a very good, it was something MacGyver's, not MacGyver's, that's definitely a show, but I'll look it up in a minute while Jason gives us his top, his 10. So, my number 10, I, this is the one I deliberated on a lot, but I came down to it. My number 10 is The Naked Gun. Really? The Naked Gun starring Naked Leslie Nielsen. I love that. <laughs> I love these series, but this one was 1988. Naked it's, Gun? Yeah, absolutely love it. I forgot it's about that. based about a police officer or detective, Frank Drebin, based on the TV show Police Squad, and basically he has to figure out a plot on assassinating the Queen in Los Angeles. And, yeah, there's so much love about it. It's very similar humour to Airplane, which was another film from the 80s. Might be on our list, might not be. <laughs> but it is just that humour, which is so funny. It's just so offbeat, and it's timeless as well. There's nothing that's dated about it, really. It's just hilarious, and you can watch it all the... I could watch that film days on end, and it's just funny. And it's just a spoof, and I love film noir. And it's just a spoof on it. It's just this dumb detective. And the thing is, the best thing about the main character, Frank Trebin, he isn't dumb. Just dumb things happen around him. <laughs> it is a very about. funny film, to be fair. Very funny. So that is a good choice, actually, for number 10. I like that. So, um, but, oh, just so you know, I've had a look while we've been doing this because I've been looking on my um, computer and it says it's called McDowell's. McDowell's. <laughs> Basically McDonald's. It's just McDonald's. But yeah, McDowell's is the name of it. So um, that's what it's called. So that is a very good film coming to work. And also a very good shout out to Naked Gun. Mm. I didn't even write it down, um, but it is a very good film. Mm. So I'll tell you what, let's go in a different order. You go with your number nine and then I'll give you mine. Okay. My number nine... Big family favourite is E.T. Oh, yeah? Yep. Nice. E. About, obviously, if you haven't seen E.T., it's about an alien... That Hang on a minute. To... If you haven't seen E.T., you've got something wrong with you. Yeah, because you E.T. is an iconic, iconic film. <laughs> not just of the 80s, but of the whole of film ever. If you have not heard of anyone come with the finger, go, E.T. for nom... Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> then you you know, you've you've not heard it. So yeah, it's a very, very iconic film. Sorry, carry Oh, on. that's fine. No, E. T. is for anyone who hasn't seen E. T., the plot is about an alien that comes to Earth. Um he befriends a young boy named Elliot and basically he's trying to find his way home. He is. And what year do you think that E. T. came out in the eighties? Do you know? Nineteen eighty two. I did forget to mention that Jason is a bit of a film buff if we didn't mention it before. So he would have known that without uh, not, me asking. I, don't, I, I can't tell you every single one of these films released is. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know. You know what's mad, right? So I'm just looking up about E.T. Obviously, I've seen it. Um, but the budget for E.T. was $10.5 million. Now, the newest James Bond films just come out. Probably spent $10.5 million just on cars. When you look at Avengers films, they probably got millions on end. They probably spent $10 million on their Chevrolet look it up? product placement. Yeah. Avengers, Avengers budget. What well, Endgame should we look at? Yeah, Avengers Endgame budget. All right. I'll tell you what. Let's. I'm going to leave it out there, and I don't know. I'm going to leave it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to announce it in the next couple of days on our social media. So I know what the budget is in dollars, and I'm going to have. We're going to put a little poll up on our social media on our Instagram, and I'm going to let you guys see what you think the budget is 
for Avengers Endgame what the budget was. It came out in 2019. It's three hours long. It's one of the biggest films ever made. It's a brilliant film, by the way. We do love a Marvel film. I know it wasn't made in the 80s, but it was a very good film. Um, and we'll I'll put it up a poll, and you guys can t- tell us what you think it is. One thing I can tell you, 10.5 million probably didn't even pay for an actor's budget. Probably not. <laughs> so I'll put it up there, and um, yeah, then you guys can come to us and say what you think it is. And then what I'll do is, um, a couple of days after we've launched this episode, I'll... Um, see how people got on and then i'll release what the amount was um but just fyi it was a lot <laughs> so your number nine was et et yeah childhood memories very sweet film loved it Actually lovely loved film it. we'll see if et is on my list um but for me number nine there's a theme of mine because most of mine are the 80s top films which are action films and my number nine is a film from our youth number nine for me is commando oh. And that is an absolutely excellent Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Um, yeah. Taken, but in the 80s. Oh my God. It's so good. Do you remember when he goes, um, Oh, that matters to me now is Chenny. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, that matters to me now is Penny. <laughs> He's my cat, just in case you're wondering, not just some random person. Oh, that matters to me now is Chenny. <laughs> if I don't get her back, they'll kill her. <laughs> Do you remember the, um, the fight? I don't need no girl. I don't need no gun. <laughs> I can take you, Matrix. <laughs> the best two parts of this film for me there's the bit at the beginning where he goes if you want to get your door back you've got to cooperate right and he goes wrong <laughs> <laughs> so good and the other best part is when he's got the shootout in the um, phone booth and he just he starts shaking oh, yeah. his phone booth and just picks it up face. and just goes <laughs> and then he swings over like Tarzan over the shopping mall honestly (laughs) it's such a good 80s action film I don't know if it's going to be in Jason's list or not but we'll find as time goes on but that is my number 9 and I think I may have actually underrated it because I think it's actually better than a couple of ones above but um, yeah so I'll carry on with the top 10 and I'll go to my number 8 which again is an iconic 80s film and you must see it if you haven't but my number eight film which i think should have been higher up as well is top gun Top Gun. and top oh. gun is an excellent film about naked beach volleyball yeah about naked beach volleyball and also about fighter pilots um, <laughs> with some good actors in there one of tom cruise's first big films actually an excellent film i've got a poster of it in my bathroom um which is why I don't know why it's so down number eight, but uh, it's such a brilliant film. Um, you know what's weird though? I've seen it a couple of times, and you probably all know the song "Take My Breath Away" from it. Um, but I can't really describe the plots. I can't really remember. I just remember fighters, fighter pilots, a load of airplane stunts, um, and then beach volleyball, and the girl woman who's in it. I can't remember the actress's name. Kelly McGillis. Yeah, her who wasn't invited back for when they do the remake one that's coming out next year, FYI. I'll read you the official synopsis, given that it's one of my favourite films, I didn't actually know it. So the Top Gun Naval Fighter Weapons School is where the best of the best train to refine their elite flying skills. When hotshot fighter pilot Maverick, Tom Cruise, is sent to the school, his reckless attitude and cocky demeanour put him at odds with the other pilots, especially the cool and collected Iceman, which is, which, <laughs> which is Val Kilmer. But Maverick isn't only competing to be the top fighter pilot, he's also competing for the attention of the beautiful flight instructor Charlotte Blackwood, Kelly McGillis so that is what Top Gun's about it makes it not sound very good, it's actually a brilliant film Um, oh my god how did I miss that out, anyway I've just seen a film of the 80s that I've definitely missed anyway, which is one of my favourites but we'll get to that when we get to that one, so that's my number 8 Top Gun, Um, let's go to Jason's number 8, so my number 8 you did guess this one 
probably I should have put it higher, but I think it's just because I love it as a cult film. It's 1981's Escape, Escape from, from New, New York. York. There you go. <laughs> what a film that is. If you haven't heard of this one, it's a film starring Kurt Russell. Um, it's about, he plays a character named Snake Plissken, who Snake. is an, the original anti, the best anti-hero in my opinion. And New York in 1996 in the future <laughs> has become a prison that prisoners get sent to, to as a life sentence. Was it in 1996? Some, I think it's it was 96 or 97, future. yeah. It's and in the future. Basically, the president gets kidnapped, his flight, his plane's destroyed, and he gets kidnapped in New York. Snake is sent in, he gets bribed by being drugged by the authorities to rescue the president within a certain time limit. And yeah, it's one of those ticking time bomb films. He has, I think it's 48 hours or something. Someone can correct hours me. He has to go 24 hours. Yes. And if and he goes and arrests him, he gets pardoned from all of his crimes. Yes. Because obviously he's one of those, he's an ex special forces, you know, back in the day when they were ex special forces, could do everything, could kill everyone and using his hand or whatnot. Mm. And it's just, Snake Plissken is one of the iconic movie heroes because he has the eye patch, he has the vest, he's got a gruff voice like Clint Eastwood in the Dollars trilogy. And the action's pretty cool as well. The setting of New York, which actually wasn't filmed in New York. Really? It was filmed in St. Louis. I did not know that. Because they didn't have the budget or the schedule to film in New York at night time when the film is mostly set. So, but St. Louis basically had a tragedy there. So they said, actually, oh, really? we can use this because it looks post-apocalyptic anyway. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Mm. It was um, set in 1997, by the way. There we I go. looked it up. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, look. It says here. It says... Um, after the success of Halloween, he had enough influence to bring production and filmed it mainly in St. Louis, Missouri, um, on an estimated budget of $6 million. That's mad, isn't it? But it's an absolutely awesome... It's an underrated action film. It flies by as well. It's really quick. Um, Isaac Hayes, the man who did the theme for Shaft and voice Chef in South Park's in it. He's the villain. Yep, he's so the Duke. He's number one. He if, is. If you see the film, you know what that means. He's, uh, yes, yeah, so I actually wrote that down as a special mention for that film because I do like that film. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's that's your number eight, right? It's my number eight. Yep, Escape from New York. Magic. So tell the ladies and gentlemen what your number seven is. My number seven is another 80s classic. Another one which everyone, I think we've had a few mentions of this as well from followers. It is 1985's Back to the Future. Oh, yes. What a film. I've written that down as well. So The time-travelling bonanza. Literally, absolutely amazing film. Absolutely love it. And it started off, it only had to be a trilogy. You couldn't make any more Back to the Future films. No, exactly. So they've, um, yeah, funny enough, I haven't actually put it in my top 10 because as much as I enjoy that film, it's not one of my top 10 films of the 80s personally, but I do acknowledge, as I've put a special mention for it next mm. to me, that it's a very, very good film. Much like I put a special mention for Escape to New York and a film that I think is going to be Jason's number one, but um, I won't say what that is yet. So, um, but I've, yeah, I completely agree. Back to the, fu- back to the Future. Back to the Future. You back can, to yeah, the Future. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. And now, uh, what speed is it the DeLorean has to do? Um,. Oh, was it 88 miles an hour? Sorry to be American. I think it was 88 miles an hour. Hang on a minute. I'm going to look it up. He's DeLorean to time travel. It is... Dun, 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 88. 88 miles Bosh. an hour. Bosh. <laughs> look at that. You've done it. That is just an iconic film. It's a shame the car company couldn't have um, got on from the success. If you haven't watched it, there's many shows about John DeLorean and how that company was basically run to the ground because of the poor build quality and stuff. But the plot of Back to the Future is about a teenager named Marty McFly and his freck... Freck. <laughs> his <laughs> friend, Doc Brown, who has a time-travelling DeLorean. Mm. Edge has to go to 88 miles an hour. 
Marty accidentally goes back in time to 1955 and he inadvertently causes a rift in a time-space continuum, meaning he has to get his parents back together, all whilst his mum falls in love with him. Bloody hell, it basically sounds like Doctor Strange. Yeah, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty, yeah, it's pretty weird. I mean, because there's parts where it's, it's his mum and I think his mum kisses him and it's just like, oh God. It's like, the, it's like another film which is in the 80s where you had siblings kissing each other and... Yeah, that is all very bad. Back to the Future is just iconic. Like the films on my list are a mixture of I love them, but also they're just films that I know I can just watch at any time and rewatch it so many times. And this is one of them. I can watch this, and it's just a perfect film. I don't have to watch the sequels. I can just watch this one film. Yeah, that's go, true. Yeah, I can watch this, and I'm done. That is true. Actually, I just need to watch Back to the Future one, and then I'm kind of happy. So that is a very good film. Do you want to know what my number seven is? Let's go for it. Yeah. My number seven is an iconic film from I believe 1984. Everyone will know this film if you haven't seen it. And my number seven is The Terminator. Oh, The Terminator. The yes. Governator. Exactly. Funny enough, the film it's known for, I'll be back. But I think he doesn't actually say that in the first Terminator, does he? Yeah. Does he? I thought you said helpful. it in the second one. No, it's when he's, I'll let you explain the film. Well, well, basically, the film is about um, a Terminator sent from the future um, to come back to basically make the present right in terms of certain situations and the Terminator is sent back to um, if I'm not mistaken kill John Connor in the first one yeah, Sarah, Sarah Connor Sarah, isn't it Sarah, Sarah, Sarah in the first one John Connor is being protected in the second one, one. Yeah. Sarah Connor <laughs> that's it so he's sent back to basically kill her it's about her getting away from the Terminator using the guy whose name I forget in the film but the Carl guy Reese. Carl Reese yeah but is that his name in the film that's it the protector of Sarah Connor is Carl Reese that's it so yeah using him to protect her so, so what happened was was that humanity and the right machines had a war in the future they and did. in 2029 um, the war's almost lost for Skynet two of the machines they are. almost won and as a last resort Skynet sent back a Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. to kill Sarah Connor who was the mother of the leader of the resistance John Connor yes. erasing their victory basically yeah because obviously John Connor had never been born exactly so then they, humanity would have no hope and they'd lose and Carl Reese is sent back in counter by the humans to protect Sarah Connor and to preserve the future basically but he, then none of them can go back what I love about when you see films like this, right? When you see films that go from the future, like there's one of my other favourite films, it's a 90s film, Demolition Man, excellent film. Sandra Bullock looks phenomenal in it as well. And uh, when you watch that film, it shows you like they go to like 2020 something or other, 2025 or 2035. And the funniest thing is you see it and they're all watching TVs in the 1980s. Like I'm like, they haven't even heard of HD. Like, what's going But now we have like, you know, you can do like, now you can go on like an electric scooter, you can go on a hoverboard if you really want, you can drive a car that drives itself, and didn't think of any of that in 1980, whatever, so it just became 80s TVs in 2035, that basically with men that look like robots, which is quite funny. But yeah, so that is my number seven, an all-time classic film, The Terminator. Um, and I think now, is it my turn now to do my number six? Well, we can do my number six, because my number six is also The Terminator. Oh, fancy that, we've just talked about yeah. that one. And That's obviously, handy. yeah, the only things I can add to what you've said are, uh, I I love the fact that you have that in the eighties the hero was very much your tough guy, you know, like oh he's gonna yeah. kill everyone that. Carl Reese, who is the hero, is just an ordinary guy, he gets beat up a lot, he's up against the odds, and then you've got this big strong villain, the Terminator, who is just brilliant as well. One fun fact for you about the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't actually audition for the Terminator. Really? He auditioned for Reese. 
because obviously his agent was like, oh, you got to play good guys after he was in another eight films before. And they said, actually, because they wanted the Terminator to just look like a human. The guy who played one of the police detectives, he was originally going to be the Terminator, but then he turned it down. Well, and then they know. saw Arnie and thought, actually, he is just this hulking menace. You would be brilliant as this. Yeah. So then they cast him as a Terminator, and then Michael Bean was Reese. Wow, I did not know that. That's cool. Learn something new every day. So. There you go. Yeah. I knew you'd know that kind of fact. <laughs> and um, funny enough, number six is a few you said earlier. Because my number six, my list is ET. There you go. So absolute we, classic. I can't really add anything else because Jason's very kindly explained it all for me. But um, yeah, ET is my number six. So that's the film I chose there. So um, yeah, I've got nothing else to add about that. <laughs> and then we get to the top five top five this is where it gets tasty it does get tasty and do you want to go with your number five first or my number five first i'll let you go with your number five first oh you gentlemen you you gentlemen you stop it um so my number five again really when i was writing this top 10 list out right i could have written any in any order because my top 10 really are all good films like, i couldn't really it was tough to get a one to ten because i just wrote down 10 films I really like but this is number 5 it could easily have been number 1 it could easily have been number 2 whatever yeah. but nine number 5 is Scarface because <laughs> that is such a good film Donnie Montana say hello to my little friend just <laughs> you get the money then you get the women <laughs> 80s capitalism. It's <laughs> a bit where he spoof it in South Park when he um, hangs the guy from the helicopter. It's just obviously a dummy and you just see his thing go. <laughs> it's just funny. Just, I love that film. I love it. I know. It's not in my top 10. Is it not? No, but I do love that film. That is a surprise. It, this is what I mean. This list, it's very particular. Had to be particular, but Scarface is up. It's, it's a brilliant film. I love it. It's an excellent film. But I've, um, It's funny because there's two big big film series well actually three i haven't written one of them down but we'll see which ones they are when we get to if the rest of my list but um yeah so my number five absolutely iconic film you do need to if you haven't seen the rest of the films on the list then there are some brilliant films on there i mean if you haven't seen um et then i don't know where you've been and the terminator the same top gun is a fantastic film and funny enough i was speaking to um so when i was writing this list down she hasn't seen any of these apart from et so she needs to get a life um also the biggest one really is commando that is an excellent excellent 80s film it's one of my favorite it also reminds me of my childhood because my dad loves it as well um and commando is a film probably not many have heard about because everyone's heard of the terminator not many of commando but it's a brilliant action film probably the same with yours and your list as well exactly. so your number five scarface what's the plot official plot for scarface oh yeah so the official plot is a donny montana who comes over from cuba decides that he wants to um he's like a local small-time drug dealer and um he decides he wants to get big in the game i want to make more money and then he gets in with a big drug dealer that i believe selling i think it's cocaine and then he cocaine. gets yeah and then they um just become huge and he becomes massive because he gets a big site um like contract to sell more and fly it over and it just follows on really from that it's a typical sort of gangster film of the 80s but it is a brilliant 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 film however if you are going to watch it just to be aware you are going to need to set some time aside because it is over three hours long and i jason will tell you i struggle to keep attention for more than two hours in films but for me to keep this at number five and be three hours long was to tell you guys how good it really is yeah, I think anything above two hours, his attention span just goes 
This is very, very true. <laughs> but that is my number five, Scarface. Absolutely excellent film. I love it. So let's find out next what um, Jason's number five film is going to be. Because I bet he's going to have something a bit obscure because he is a bit of a film geek. No, my films are actually pretty popular. Maybe not my number, you'll see. But my number five, very popular 1986 action film. It's the sequel to Alien aliens really james cameron's aliens absolutely love it starring sigourney weaver michael bean directed by james cameron who also did the terminator and he did avatar and he did what other films titanic as well yes um the plot for aliens i had to get this up quickly is ellen ripley the protagonist from alien is sent back to the planet lv426 to establish contact with a terraforming colony once there she encounters the alien queen and her offspring and she has to fight them to survive well there we go so that is a bit it's funny i'm not really one for sci-fi films personally hence why i haven't written alien or anything like that down but um a very good it's probably actually why i also didn't write back to the future down yeah the thing about Aliens is that it was the first sequel, really. Well, no, The Godfather, I guess. But it's one of those sequels that is better than the original, in my opinion. Yeah. The original was really good. But some people prefer the original. Some people prefer Aliens. It's like the Terminator. Some people prefer Terminator 2. Some people prefer Terminator 1. I prefer the first one. But they're both just as good. And yeah. The Godfather, for example. I prefer the second Godfather. But the first one is really good as well. But Aliens, the fact of Aliens is just... It's, a great story obviously Sigourney Weaver in the first film she's more of a she comes into a survival mode at the end but she's quite an ordinary person in this film she becomes a real action hero really and for women as well I mean in the 80s she became a heroine you know a role model for women growing up and in action films nowadays when there are women they will always talk about how Sigourney Weaver is a big influence as an action heroine and then you've got other things such as all these iconic characters which they introduce like Hudson, game over, man, game over. And then, <laughs> obviously, you got Hicks, got Apo. you got so many characters in there that are just iconic, and they, so many of them get killed off. That's not a spoiler. It's a sci-fi horror film. And, <laughs> yeah, it's just an absolutely great film. And it isn't just... You know what? I say horror. It's more of a sci-fi action war film than a sci-fi horror. But, obviously, because it has got aliens in it, it is classed as that. But yeah, Aliens is my number five. Wow, there we go. So, you know what's funny, actually? It's funny so far, even though we've gone from ten to five now, how few we've got in the same list. Like we've only The only actual common ones so far are E.T. and Terminator. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. My, I could have had so many action films in this list, but I thought, you know what? The action films are great, but I'm going to go for the films where I'm thinking, I could turn this on and watch this today. Yeah, that's very true. So, I mean, I was the same with all the ones I chose, pretty much, apart from Scarface, because I need to set aside a bit of time. But I do also enjoy that film immensely. Um, but let's go with number four in our list. Let's so, no, no, I did mine first. So after you, you do your number four. My number four, once again, it's not an action film, but it is a sci-fi. It is Ghostbusters. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> Tune in next week for our singing special. I ain't um, afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> This is the singing special we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Please tune in for episode four. Yeah, uh, Ghostbusters. There's more singing next episode. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't meant to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Ghostbusters stars Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, oh. Howard Ramis, and Ernie Hudson. What a And it's about four men, three of them sci 
scientists who decide to start up a ghost busting company in New York. And yeah, film. there's not much else to say about it. It is not just iconic. It's got a great theme song, but it's just hilarious. It mixes comedy and action and sci-fi very well. It's very intelligent, but at the same time, it gives you laugh out loud humor. It really does. So that is a brilliant film. Funny enough, a bit like Scarface. It's not actually in my top 10, but I have written a special mention for that film because it is excellent. It was on the fringes because I was between that Another film, which actually has surprised me by not being in my top ten, and Coming to America. Um, but Coming to America is one of my... I love that film, so that stadium. But Ghostbusters was very close to being number ten, because that is an excellent, excellent film. I completely agree with you. Um, however, they did remake it, didn't they? As they yeah, do that, with all of them. that was shit. Yeah, sorry, sorry about, about language, that. But it was really... They're doing another one. They're doing another sequel. I, I sort of... I'm slightly anticipating it, but after the last one... The last one, just... The problem with it was it had no humour... It was rubbish humour, and the original Ghostbusters weren't cameoing as their characters. They were just rubbish cameos. It just looked like they just got told, yeah, we'll give you some money and chuck it in. I'm really hoping that the new one, Ghostbusters Afterlife, is going to be really good. I hope so as well, because the original one is just so good. So hopefully they can make this one um, better. So are we going to go to my number four now? Yeah, your number four. <laughs> my number four is a film that I don't think you've written down, because it's an iconic film again of the 80s. And my number four film is actually The Breakfast Club. It's <clears throat> not on my list. And that is an excellent film. So it's really simple, because it's basically kids who get detention and spreading about their own lives and talking about their own personal life and talking about like their own personal problems and sharing their thoughts and their life issues really but it's an absolutely brilliant film it's not very long either so that's probably why i wrote it down <laughs> but it's an absolutely brilliant film the breakfast club what i'll do is do you know anything more about the breakfast club jason really um breakfast club Obviously, it's got sort of like your teen heartthrobs in the 80s. And it's just about... It's very much a film about life as a teenager, really. Like, you get locked up in detention. And it's just these different classes. I think you've got a jock. You've got the popular kid. You've got the pretty girl. You've got the goth girl. And it's just them bonding, really. You've got the bad boy as well, of course, from the 80s. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's very much like a... I'd not say day in the life, but... A portrait of life as a teenager in the 80s. Did you think about it for your top 10 or not at all? I did, but it wasn't as close to my top 10 as some films were, yeah. but it is good. I'll read you a small blurb because I didn't give you a very good explanation. So, 1985, an hour and a half, so not too long to sit and watch it for, probably while I put it in. And five high school students from different walks of life endure a Saturday detention under a power-hungry principal. The disparate group includes Rebel John, Princess Claire, Outcast Allison, Brainy Brian and Andrew the Jock. Each has a chance to tell his or her own story, making the others see them a little differently. And when the day ends, they question whether school will ever be the same. Sounds quite simple, but it's actually a really good film. Um, one that I really personally enjoyed. I didn't expect to enjoy, actually. I thought, oh, it'll just be all right. Um, funny enough, I've just seen another film from the 80s. It's one of Sophie's favourite films. If she was watching, she'd probably say it is her favourite film, because it's Uncle Buck. But she <laughs> she loves that film. I've Uncle just seen Buck. it. Exactly, I've just seen it there. But um, yeah, my number four, just to reiterate, is The Breakfast Club. Again, it probably could have been number one, could have been number three, could have been number five, could have been up there, because they all are really. But that is an excellent, excellent film. And my top three was very difficult, because my top three, any of my top three could have been number one, Mm. any of them. It was very difficult to choose a number three. So, should we find out what my number three is? Let's go for it. What is Aaron's number three 80s film? Now, my number three is actually two films because they're both from the 80s. Um, And it's one of my favourite films. 
and my number three is Beverly Hills Cop oh. one and two because I love those films so much. But I could have put any of them at number. I could have put them at number one to be honest um, because they're so good. Because they're Jason will tell you they're some of my favourite films ever. Um, basically, to give you a synopsis of both films because they're very similar. Um, you've got a cop from Detroit, Axel Foley, who um, ends up in Beverly Hills because the first one he has to go over there to investigate a murder that happens in his own apartment. Um, and in the second one, he goes over there to investigate another murder and help out the um, Beverly Hills task force. Um, and it is just a bit like Ghostbusters, but not because Ghostbusters is obviously sci-fi. But it's a mixture of comedy, action, a bit serious in there. It's just an absolute. They just. Yeah, I love them. There's well, two of them. The third one was not so good. Um, Wonder World. <laughs> that was not a good. That was not good. When they released that one, they kind of ruined it. But Beverly Hills Cop one and two, uh, two of my favourite films. Not just of the eighties, but two of my favourite films ever. If Sophie was here, she'd be telling you how much I rave on about them. But they are two of my favourite films ever. They are absolutely brilliant. I have to admit, this I ha- I cut the second one. I love both of them, but I I I think I grew up loving the second one, and this was one of them. It's on my honourable mentions. That I just thought I can't find a place for it on this list, but I love that film. I love I love both of them, but the second one I have a massive love for. Oh, it's just such a good film. I'm the same actually. I wrote Beverly Hills Cop one because I knew that was 1984, and then I actually forgot Beverly Hills Cop two is also in the 80s. Yeah. I thought it was in 1990, and then I looked. I was like, hang on, it's 1987. And I was like, I forgot that was in the 80s. So, um, but they're both excellent. And I think Jason is right. I think the second one is actually better than the first one but they're both very good because they're just so funny but um I remember when he's like, is, is Victor home? Victor Maitland? Can you, can you tear him? <laughs> the Ramon from the club. <laughs> he needs to get something checked before it falls off the man. Always, um, what's the, uh, banana tail pack. Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> hey, you gotta put some more, you know, blackness in your voice again. Hey man, I don't want a banana tail pack. That's it. <laughs> it's such a good film. I just Eddie Murphy in, in the, the 80s, 80s was absolutely hilarious. He sold his soul in the 90s and noughties, but in the 80s, he oh was my absolutely god, brilliant. he was so funny. Like you had, I mean, even I haven't got any more. But if you you've got both Beverly Hills Cop films, you've got Coming to America, you've got Trading Places. There are some others I've just missed, but there are some excellent films from Eddie Murphy in the 80s. Absolutely excellent films. But anyway. Now we need to get to the film buffs number three. So let's find out, Jason, what your number three is. My number three is 1982's Blade Runner. Yeah, Blade Runner, indeed, a brilliant film. I'm actually surprised it's not your number one. It, you know what? It, it's a weird one. In that I loved the sequel so much that I thought maybe I don't love the third one as much as the sequel. So the first one as much as the sequel. Sorry, but. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love Blade Runner. It's a visual film for sure, but it's a very simple story. It's about Rick Deckard, who's Harrison Ford. He's an ex-Blade Runner in the future, set in the year 2019. You can tell where this list is going. (laughs) And he becomes a special Blade Runner tasked with hunting down replicants who are androids in the future. And in the meantime, he starts to question his own identity, which leads to a great ending in the film. 
Look at that. So that is an actually an excellent film. Do you remember we went to see the remake of it in the cinema, didn't yeah, we, with Ryan Gosling? Because it was over two hours long. Yeah, that is true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. But yeah, it was um, But it was good, though. I enjoyed it. It's really good, really good. Like The second one expands on it, but the first one is just a simple story, really, about a detective who's hunting down things. But in this case, he's hunting down replicants. And you do see the story throughout. It, be like, it starts to grow as if... like. His, he starts to lose his humanity basically and the setting of the future is really good it's set in Los Angeles but it's a really crowded dirty and dingy future just like just like now yeah just like now <clears throat> just like Koyo just post pre-COVID <laughs> <laughs> and yeah as I said literally to listen to watch it's a really good film really good film I definitely recommend it for anyone that is yeah that is a very good shout so I actually wrote a special mention for that as well funny enough for Blade Runner because that is a very good film albeit I fell asleep in the sequel but <laughs> <laughs> but but the original is very good, so that is definitely a top film. Um, and let's it's find a very good film to fall asleep to for Aaron. It, well, there is that the, the sequel was, but I did enjoy the original. I'll put that out there. I've thoroughly enjoyed the original. Now we need to find out number two and number one. But it's Jason's turn, so let's find out, Jason, what your number two film of the nineteen eighties is. I don't know if you're going to be surprised or not. Well, we'll find out, aren't we? My number two. <laughs> Is 1988's Die Hard. Really? You'll be surprised at number one, but number two is Die Hard. This was two in and throw him number one. Oh, I nearly had it as number one. And I am, um, you know what, from preparation this list, because I had it in there, and I thought, there's this documentary show called The Movies That Made Us on Netflix. And Die Hard originally for me was around about number five position because I thought I enjoyed it, but maybe it wasn't as good as I remembered. And I watched this documentary and I remembered, wait, no, this film is just brilliant. How can I not have this as my top two? And it's just so brilliant. It's, I mean, the plot, the plot is obviously starring Bruce Willis and it's about a New York cop called John McClane who visits his estranged wife, Holly Gennaro, in the building of Nakatomi Plaza in L.A., he goes to the Christmas party, and during the party, whilst he is in the other room, the gets kidnapped. Um, sorry, it gets Hostiles. taken over by terrorists. German terrorists. German it? terrorists, or it turns out to be thieves. Yeah. And McLean left on his own with only his gun, his vest top, and no shoes, is left to try and pick out the terrorists one by one and save his wife. Oh God, this is just such an iconic film. And for Sophie Langley, it's an iconic Christmas film. It is an iconic Christmas film. That's probably why. Did you notice? Like, I think it was last year, all women started watching it, going, "Oh, well, it is a Christmas film." And luckily, all the men were like, "Yes," <laughs> buzzing because it's a Christmas movie. But I just never get never forget that Jason and I always send each other a gift from this film all the time, and I think we can probably say it in unison. Which is when he kills one of the people in the lift and he goes, Now, now I, I have, have a machine gun. But I was reading about while watching this documentary and I was saying how they add in these little funny bits to make it less serious. Like there's a bit where one of, when the SWAT team are storming in and one of the SWAT people <clears> just gets his arm caught on the bit of bush and it's like that was just added in because it was just to make it a bit funnier. Oh, really? Or when they're um, Hans's group, hi, he's the main villain. Um, his group are preparing to fire, and it's the Asian terrorists. Yeah, and they're just standing there, and all of a sudden he just sees a chocolate bar, and he just reaches in and grabs it. I remember that. <laughs> and bit. it's so random, but it's they were saying they just wanted to add it in 
because it was just funny. It was just added to the fun of it. Exactly. That is what makes it good. And there's so many good bits. It's like when um, Sergeant Harpal is there having the, twi- oh, the-, the Twinkie bar. He's like, bag it. Because <laughs> he just goes, shouldn't you be laying off these donuts? He's like, bag it. <laughs> and then he gets shot at. And he's like, no, God damn it, no. And he's saying, like, it's for my wife. And he's like, she's pregnant. It's like, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> my favourite part of that film there's two parts. There's the, the fun action part when he jumps off the roof and then he has to shoot his way into the window. I get grouped. I love that bit. That is and good. there's also the bit at the end where Carl was about to shoot McLean and then Powell shoot this. It's a whole thing throughout the film that Powell's never shot any. He hasn't, he shot a kid once and he hasn't picked up his gun again. And then he takes out this last terrorist and then he obviously sees McLean and they give him a big hug. And it's like, ah, oh, this is just brilliant. Just and so I also good. love um, Argyle, the limo driver, doesn't he? He's <laughs> yeah. also jokes. He's like, punches someone. He's like, yeah, get me go. <laughs> and then I he's... I that as well. Apparently, he actually punched a guy. Did he? He, actually, he said in that documentary, he's like, the director told me, I'll oh, just actually sock him, make it look real. And he punched him. He's like, that reaction when I'm shaking my hand? That Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, oh, there's just so many good parts of that film. He's just like, when he goes, uh, he's underneath the table, and the terrorist goes to shoot, and he goes, Next time you have the chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. And he shoots and goes, that's the advice. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so or, many um, good bits. The one other thing about Die Hard is that it created its own genre. So, so many films, like I can give you two examples. You had Under Siege, mm. which is Die Hard on a Boat. Or three examples. You had Speed, which was Die Hard on a Bus. Yeah. And then you had Olympus Has Fallen, which was Die Hard in the White House. And then you also had Taken, which is... Not like that. <laughs> um, but also a very good film. Um, and then, you know, just brought out, like Jason rightly says, he just brought out a whole new genre. But if for some reason in your lifetime you have not seen Die Hard, then I urge you with every fibre of your being, you must watch Die Hard. Because it is excellent, because it's also quite funny. It's like he calls up the police, isn't he, when he's getting shot out on the roof. He says, what do you think I'm doing, lady? Ordered a pizza? <laughs> it's, it's a very good film. Unfortunately... For Die Hard, so you had Die Hard 1, which is very good. You had Die Hard 2, which is also good. Then for me, you had Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is brilliant. Then you have um, Die Hard 4, which I enjoyed, but I don't think Jason enjoyed. And then they all got a bit ridiculous. And then they all got a little bit ridiculous after that. Because, yeah, Die Hard 4 was the one in um, America, wasn't it, with the um, cyber crisis thing where they're taking money out of the accounts. Yeah, and then Die Hard Five became a bit ridiculous. All oh, the no. sun. I, I, that was that was terrible. That was terrible. Yeah, Sorry, so Die Hard makers, that was not good. You should never have made that one. I, I know you did it for the money. Stop making films. I know. It's, it's the older he gets, the worse they get. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Die Hard, your number two. Indeed. My number two, again, much like you with toying between two and one, probably could easily have been my number one because it is one of my favourite, favourite, favourite films ever. Ooh, okay. And my number two film is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. <laughs> that well, is, I thought this would be up there. This I is, thought this would be your number one. It was very close to being my number one. I was very... It could easily be my number one, much like Beverly Hills Cop. Um, but it's an absolutely brilliant comedy film with Matthew Broderick um, and the girl in it. I forget the actress's name. She is nice. So she is worth watching it for as well. Um, but yeah, it's very, very good. Um, excellent film about Ferris who has a day off school um, pretends to be sick um, and then what he gets up to in his day off while being sick so the girl's name is Mia Sara that's a Sloan that's Sloan he had Alan Ruck as Cameron 
that's it yeah ruck that's him that's <laughs> but yeah they um it's a very very good film um really really enjoyable um really easy watching not too long either it's only an hour and 40 minutes or something isn't it um it but is. It, it is dun, 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 dun. it's at the top i think that's alright, we're going to find out, there it is, it's an hour and 43 minutes, oh, close, um, yeah, so it's um, a brilliant film, really easy viewing, chica, chica. Chica, chica. and there's a singing in it, there's the, um, oh it's just so good, and there's obviously a lovely Ferrari, hence why I'm drawn to it, um, but it, it is just an absolutely brilliant feel good 80s film. and then there's um when he's on i think it's new york uh, no it's not new york so i say new york it's just when he's on the street and there's the um party going on he's singing and dancing the party and his and parents his see him like right <laughs> up in the start they can't see they don't know it's him but his parents are also twist and shout twist and shout come on come on come on come on baby now come on baby as you can see our singing is brilliant so um how was yours that was mine that was mine (laughs) but yeah so that ferris bueller's day off again if you haven't seen it is an absolutely fantastic film um one of my favorites of the 80s if not of all time because it's just so iconic yeah it's actually a really good film i really enjoy it as well what ferris bueller's day off yeah it's not in your top 10 nope bloody hell so we know it's not number one then no (laughs) but um Yes, that's that. So, shall I recap what my 10 to 2 are? Yep, recap your 10 to 2 and then reveal your number 1. Right, so my number 10 was Coming to America. My number 9 was Commando. My number 8 was Top Gun. My number 7 was The Terminator. Number 6 was E.T. Number 5 was Scarface. (laughs) Number 4 was The Breakfast Club. Number 3 was Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. I couldn't really choose between which ones. I could put both. Um... And then number two was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I did also make some special mentions, which I'm going to um, point out to you guys what they are. So the special mention films I've also got were Ghostbusters, which Jason pointed out. Excellent film. Um, Also, um, Back to the Future. Um, Also, Lethal Weapon of the 80s. Brilliant film, um, which I'll go into in a little while. But excellent film with Riggs and Motar. Um, Then you've also got a film that I think is Jason's number one. Um which I won't say. Um, and then um, we've also got another special mention for another film, which neither of us have mentioned, actually, which is Robocop. Mm. <clears throat> neither of us have mentioned that film, and it could be Jason's number one, but the other one I haven't mentioned, in fact, I know now, is Jason's number one. But should I give you what my number one is? Yep. Perfect. So my number one film of the 1980s is, we've already said it, Die Hard. <laughs> I, knew, I, knew, I did think going in, if Die Hard's not in his top five, then something is wrong here. Yeah, my number one was Die Hard. I was between that and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It could easily have been either of them. but um, And I was very between which one to actually have. But Die Hard was my number one. It's just such an iconic film. I couldn't... Jason said all we've said about it. We've discussed all we've discussed about it. I think about now I have a machine gun. <laughs> it's just so good uh, and he just and then he looks and he goes um, they try to work it out to get to McLean and then they look at his estranged wife and go Mrs. McLean <laughs> just shoot into the air come come with me now and also for all you Harry Potter flat fans obviously the guy who plays hands is Severus Snape <laughs> so if you who unfortunately is no longer with and us. there's the catchphrase from the franchise as well in this one yippee exactly yippee hands it's such a good film there's so many good bits of it but um yeah and then when he calls it in are you back up in Nakatomi Plaza Nakatomi no <laughs> yeah it's just such a good film but yeah must watch 
my that's my top film of the 1980s. Could easily easily have been Ferris Bueller's Day Off go. or Beverly Hills Cop. There you that's go. my number one. There and you. I've written down in my head here what Jason's number one is. Well, I'm going to let out. Jason say it because I know what it is because I know it's your yeah. favourite film. So I'm going to go ten to two, reveal my honourable mentions, and then I'll do my number one. So number ten, The Naked Gun, Trevin. Number nine, E.T. Number eight, Escape from New York. Number seven, Back to the Future. Number six, The Terminator. <laughs> Number five, Aliens. Number four, Ghostbusters. Number three, Blade Runner. Number two, Die Hard. My honourable mentions, um, I only mentioned a few more other than the ones Aaron said. I mentioned Predator. Oh, yeah. What feel? How can I yeah. forget we talked about it last week? CA got you pushing pencils. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good and film. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. The oh, only yeah. reason I didn't put it in was because I just thought if I had to sacrifice any of them for that, it would have been Escape from New York because they're very similar. Yeah, they are. They are very similar. So that is a very good film. And um, I'm also one of my um, Rachel's favourites, Crocodile Dundee. Oh, yeah. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Call, call that a knife. <laughs> this is a knife <laughs> and my number one is Robocop is it? no it's not I didn't think it was <laughs> it's 1982's The, the thing. thing I knew it would be I wrote it down in my special mentions and I thought Jason's number one is going to be The Thing I mean Aaron knows this for many a time this is I, I, I'm not going to say it is because we will do our top ten films of all time one day but this is up there I mean The this Thing will be in there it's just an absolutely amazing film I've seen it so many times but it's excellent I'm yeah it's excellent I, I'm still not bored of it the plot of The Thing I tried to do it without spoiling anything, is the group of American researchers in Antarctica who encounter the eponymous thing, a parasitic extraterrestrial life form that assimilates then imitates other organisms. The group is overcome by paranoia and conflict as they learn they can no longer trust each other and that any one of them could be the thing. So this is starring Kurt Russell in just after he did Escape from New York. Yeah. Um, he did a couple of films in the 80s. He did... Uh, he Oh, he did Tango. He did Tango Cash at the End. He did Big Trouble in Little China, and he did this, and he did a film called Overboard as well. He was he did, but this one was probably at the beginning of his hot streak. It, I love it. I love it. It's just about to say the paranoia in the film is brilliant. The actual filming of it, how they you don't know who is who, even to this day you don't know when someone has been infiltrated by the thing and then they all they become the thing. You just don't know throughout the whole film. And the best thing about it, I'm not gonna spoil anything, but the ending of the film is probably one of my favourite endings of all time. Yeah. It is it an is, brilliant ending. You'd have to watch I mean, you could probably watch it on its own, but the thing about the thing is you have to watch the whole film and then it's one of those endings where you just don't know, you know, you have to figure it out yourself. But the film itself is just absolutely brilliant. It's set in the Antarctic during a snowstorm, so their characters are shut in. It's just a brilliant film, and I absolutely love it, and that's why it's my number one. And it is an excellent film, I will agree. And it is also... Acceptable in the 80s. <laughs> I had to get that in there. You know what's funny? I've realised, right? So we've now revealed what our number one film is. And I do agree that the thing is excellent. Yep. Neither of us have put any Rocky films. 
Nope. We've not put any Indiana Jones films, which massively no surprised Stallone me for films. you. No Stallone films, um, and also no um, Star Wars films. No, nope. mm. I, I really was the only other films I was thinking of with those franchises. I, for some reason, I didn't think of Empire Strikes Back. I just thought, now nah, leave that one. But Rocky Four, just because I loved that one. And Is that one I with was Drago? A, yeah. Drago! Drago! <laughs> I really like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I'm surprised That's the you one didn't put that. with Sean Connery where he goes, Junior! <laughs> I, I, I said, like, I want to name my kid Jason Barr Jr. So I can dress him up in a little like fedora and we can go around and I can call him Junior. I'm surprised you didn't put Indiana Jones in. Really surprised. Just, I'm one of those people that loves the third one more than the first. Raiders is brilliant. The second one, yeah, it's all right. It's fun. But the third one, I absolutely love it. I love the hell out so of that. When film. was the third one then? 1989, a good year. A good, Absolutely a good year. It's a year that someone came into the world. Exactly. Not Sean me. Connery yeah. as Henry Jones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. Um, but they are. God, there's some. It's amazing when I was going through the list how many good films are in the eighties. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we had a couple of mentions in the follows. I mean, Elliot. He mentioned that Batman. He did say that the acting wasn't great. Looking back on it, <laughs> but that 1989 Batman film, great film. Yeah, Soph mentioned The Goonies, which is an iconic film of its time. You know, it's not one of our favourites, but Soph mentioned The Goonies, which was one of our favourites. Another one um, has been mentioned by um, one of my guys from my work was The Shining, um, which neither of us have put. Um, no, no. no, it's not in any of ours. Um, so that, again, in a very iconic film, but neither of us put it down. There's so many films from the Back 80s. The Future was mentioned a few times as well, wasn't it? was it? actually a couple of times on the socials. So, yeah, there was um, a few things that were mentioned, actually. But we... Um, yeah, what else was mentioned on social media? It was those ones. It was also, um, oh, um, obviously we had Coming to America, we had Back to the Future, um, we had The Goonies, and we had Batman, I think. Was there the was one mention of The Terminator. There was, so that's um, also on there. So, you know, we had some really great films that were from the 80s, and, you know, we've really um, enjoyed finding them. I mean, we probably could have made this episode another half an hour, really, but obviously we're mindful that people get bored of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, but really, um, you know, we really hope that the top 10 was something that you guys all enjoyed and hearing what I told him. Plus, hearing from the film geek that is Jason some facts that you may not have known about those films. Like, I didn't even know that um, part of Escape from New York was actually filmed in St. Louis. Exactly, exactly. And did you know there were... For number one, I guess I have to give a fun fact for number one. Fun fact! Um, fun, were... fact fun fact! Fun fact! <laughs> fun fact! Die Hard was originally being developed as a sequel to another one of Aaron's favourite films, Commando. Really? Mm-hmm. How do you know these things? Not having a life. <laughs> <laughs> you, I guess if you ask me something probably car-related or Formula One related, I'd probably know it. So um, I'd probably be the same. But, you know, but it's amazing how you know this stuff. Just don't have a life. Yeah. <laughs> Before that. I met Rachel, I lived on Wikipedia <laughs> and IMDb. That is very true. So, but yeah, um, you know, there's so many good films there from the eighties and we really hope that you enjoyed listening to our top 10 and we are going to have, um, a few more episodes released as well. So we're going to drop a couple more episodes. We're going to get a bit more time and record some more so that you guys have hopefully got to wait a bit less time for an episode mm. from us and to get more exposure. And, you know, um, just another quick mention at the end of this episode. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's already listened to our podcast. You know, we really appreciate, yeah. um, 
we appreciate the feedback from everyone and obviously we appreciate everyone listening to it as well i mean just getting it out there and people listening to it is brilliant and obviously people contributing to the poll as well for the 80s films you know thank you so much for getting back in and revealing your favorite films as well it's been good you know looking at those going back and forth seeing oh that's on our list or it's not it's just been quite fun isn't it yeah it's been really good actually i really enjoyed um seeing what everyone else has said and um you know people getting involved and listening and all the feedback i've had about our podcast so thank you all so much for the older feedback and if you do enjoy them please feel free to tell you know tell your friends tell other people you know even if they're not your friends just tell them to listen anyway so we can get the listens up <laughs> but just um, you know tell whoever you can tell about it we really appreciate everyone supporting our journey and as usual you can find us on our instagram page which is raising the bar dot podcast yep so raising the bar dot podcast we're on there thank you so much again for listening to this week's podcast and we look forward to seeing you for the next one Uh, thanks so much guys and as always stay classy new york absolutely and you guys have a great week and you guys be good you guys be good (laughs) 